0: Hi, this is Varun Haran. I'm Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Sean Duca, who is Vice President and Regional Chief Security Officer for APAC with Palo Alto Networks. And we're going to be speaking about what is going on in the threat landscape today and how we can drive the cost up for the attacker and what defenders can do to drive that cost up exponentially to make attacks less and less successful. And Sean is going to be sharing some insights from his experience and from what he's seeing in the region. Thanks, Sean, for joining us today. Thanks, Ron. So, Sean, first question just to set some background. You're based out of Sydney, you cover the APAC region. Uh, what are you seeing happening in this region, in the Fed landscape? What has changed in the last year?
1: Yeah, look, I think the, the biggest thing that we've seen is there's definitely been a very big increase in the use of ransomware. And the challenge around ransomware is effectively extorting someone to say, hey, I've actually encrypted all of your data, you know, pay me a sum of money. We've seen that sum of money go from hundred US dollars equivalent virtual currency all the way up to potentially a thousand dollars from an individual. You know, some organizations have actually been extorted a lot more to actually get access to their information. So the cyber criminals have actually seen that that's just a way that they could really make profit in a very short amount of time. You know, think about it. You encrypt your data and there's a 72-hour deadline. Otherwise, you'll lose your information. You know, that's a way that they can quickly profit rather than steal some information, work out how to put onto the dark web, sell it on an underground forum, cash out by buying some... gift cards and then buy some goods, sell them online, put them on eBay, and then then they make their money. So they've just worked out that's an easier way. So we've seen that keep on sort of going up because it's easy for them. You know, the other challenge is definitely around the fact that by far we still see email is the most common vector. Phishing examples that we're seeing all the time popping up, they are very, very sophisticated. They look absolutely like a genuine email. You know, it's no longer a case of spot the grammatical errors or or the mistakes that are there. They're absolutely perfect. And I think this is where, you know, technology has actually been sort of challenged somewhat. And I think this is where there has to be that shift. And I've definitely seen it across the region where people are starting to think about security awareness training in a different limelight. It's no longer a case of compliance, tick in the box, press next 10 times and you've finished your course. You know, they're thinking about ways to to educate people. And it's not, you know, you must actually protect our data. It's when you go home, you should be thinking about protecting your data a different way. You know, you should do this. And then hopefully some of those good cybersecurity skills then filter them way back into the environment. I've seen some smart things that organizations have done here that are really just trying to sort of change status quo.
0: You spoke about ransomware and that's something that we see across the globe. It's a phenomenon across the globe right now. It's a low intensity cheap attack to do but you know, highly monetizable. Yep. How is it different and this region. Do you think that there is a case to be made for the big breaches and the kind of regulatory fines and brand reputation issues that companies face that don't exist here like it does in the West? Yeah. So these attacks are probably easier to do, easier to monetize, easier to...
1: Look, I think there definitely is an element of that. I think the way we're strained somewhat is across Asia-Pacific there really is no uniformity across mandatory data breach disclosure laws. You know, you've got Australia, the law has passed, in, let's say, in about 10 months or less. Right. You've got some discussions are taking place in India where by October, which I think is a very aggressive uh, milestone, that maybe some things will change then. And I think this is where, because we don't have that, it doesn't force or it doesn't govern any organisation in India or across the region where they will come forward and say, I've actually been compromised. So in light of ransomware, you know, we know that people are paying, we know that people are compromised, but it's one of those, no one's coming forward to say, hey, this actually happened. They're paying the money or they're just simply saying, maybe I've actually done my good work and I've backed up and my data is fine, but we know that people are not coming forward. And even across Asia, there's that element of saving face, whereas I think we need to sort of start to step forward a little bit and say, this is what the problem is this is how I can solve it and this is what maybe the adversary looks like and this is what they did this is how I can do something about it and I think when we start to do that and we lean forward a little bit more that's how you're going to get ahead of the curve a little bit to say let's push it back to the adversary.
0: So I'll come to that. But before that, there's a sense that technology is not enough anymore, especially in markets that are developing. Unlike the more developed markets of the West, where you have so much legacy technology and legacy processes and infrastructure. Here you're putting in new stuff, you're investing in new things, and you're saying that technology is not enough anymore. You need to also look at the processing people side of it, which has been yep. neglected for far too long. So what are some recommendations, what are some insights you can share in terms of how organizations need to start doing that?
1: Yep. So look, there's a couple of different ways. I think technology should always be a case of trying to enable, you know, the business wants to do their work. So you provide that balancing act between productivity and security. But I think the other part that people need to think about is stop thinking with that short term vision of, okay, this is the technology I've got and that's going to be okay. You know, a great example, you know, credential theft is by far one of the most common things that we see. We have basically made it difficult for people one to remember their passwords. Why don't we help them by doing things like leveraging two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication. Processes change, people are educated, and then you're using technology to enable that to take place. And all of a sudden, it makes life ten times easier. Rather than me remembering passwords all the time, I can just use my device as, you know, a multi-factor authentication token, so to speak. So I think this is where businesses need to shift their focus to say, it's not the case of technology has failed us. Let's be done with technology, but it's more we have to always look at enabling our people to do the right things, empowering business leaders to make the right judgment calls. You know, if there's a sea soke them the ability where they can make these calls to ultimately mitigate the risk to a business. From a process standpoint, we need to be thinking about changing the security awareness uh, training programs that are out there. Kind of like I was mentioned earlier, you know, do something that's focused on achieving the outcome of how do I make my staff that last line of defense to say, you know, screaming up at their desk, hey, everyone, I've seen this brand new phishing attack. Don't click on that link. You know, gamify which has been another big successful thing that people have said. And you start to educate people and work out, you know, is it working or it's not working?
0: There's also the school of thought that says that when we're talking about process and you know people, you've gotten to a point where attacks are so customized, so advanced, so intricately crafted that even a security professional would have a tough time figuring it out. So there is a school of thought that says that you need to focus on technology more in terms of automation, in terms of AI and things like that. So do you think we need to take people out of the equation completely? Would that work?
1: I don't even think we'll ever really get there to be honest I think we can strive for something like that but I think the biggest thing that we've probably lost is yes definitely we've we've seen given to the weakest link social engineering has gotten a hell of a lot better than what it used to be and so people are still exploiting that weakness of the human but the other thing that I'd probably say is we haven't really it's like we've actually lost the ability to do challenge and response we're not thinking sometimes before we actually do our actions you know a great example is look at business email compromise you know it's not really one of those things that technology could probably really help you out you could do some things but it's not going to completely prevent it from happening so they're playing on those weaknesses and if you add a couple of gates to that guess what you're probably going to stop someone from doing the wrong thing you know, i've had instances where I've, I've spoken to organizations where they said they were fleeced you know nine million u.s dollars in two weeks you know fbi say that in the past five years three billion dollars has actually been extorted from companies you know, doing work with Interpol in Singapore, they're seeing multiple domains constantly being compromised. And it's that under the radar, 10,000, 20,000, you know, they receive an invoice to say, hey, we've updated our bank account details. Five seconds later, invoice comes and says, please pay the money now. So things like that, I think that's where we need to say the human aspect is still important. Let's go back to the time that we challenged people. We thought, hang on a minute, let's actually stop. Think about what we're going to do before actually sort of handing something over or making a change. Yeah. And add a couple of other gates to say, if you make that change, think about like a bank. The the person that gives the loan is not the person that has the ability to give the money so to speak you can't approve and dish out the money so think about separation of duties because it's going to make it a little bit harder for an adversary to achieve their outcome
0: you look at the attackers on the one hand the black hats or you know the bad threat actors and they seem to be so organized now and they yep. seem everything is matured to such an extent that they have a cyber crime market they have an underground and on the defender side is so disorganized and in all silos everywhere How do you come together and drive up the cost of attack so that, you know, these attackers aren't as successful as they seem to be right now?
1: Yep. So look, I definitely agree. And I think the the challenge that we've got is they've become, I don't want to use the words advanced and sophisticated because that sort of makes it seem like everyone's advanced and sophisticated. Because the majority of the times they're coming in because we've left the keys in the front door, so to speak. But I think the biggest thing that we need to start thinking about is how do we get leverage? You know, we live in an industry where 1,600 brand new security startups pop up every year. Add that to your list of, you know, existing vendors that are actually out there that are knocking on the door saying, you know, there is a brand new challenge and I've got a widget that's actually going to solve that. Now, we've always gone through this approach of buying point product solutions that were never really designed to integrate or interoperate with each other. So, in order to get leverage, uh, because right now, the cost of computing is going down, it's easy for them to reuse and relaunch and attack time and time again. The way that we're going to get leverage is stop buying these point product solutions and start to have that concept of a system of system that works together we believe that platform approach because it's natively integrated. you get the automation and you get leverage back by saying i can start to push it back to the adversary i think this is where people need to cast their minds to say any technology decision we make how does that fit into the larger ecosystem of what we do when you buy technology you need to look over your shoulder and say, do I actually have the people to drive that? So it's not just simply a capex thing, it's opex. Right. but then the other aspect to that one is you know how do I change and transform my business because the adversary keeps on changing you know every time we push it back they have to they have to go back to the drawing board and make a change to their cookbook or their playbook so the more that we expose those playbooks the more that we share what they're doing and every time we just keep on making yet another notch to say blocked you tripped you over this time done this closed the door you know they're going to turn around and go you're too hard to run I'm going to move on to the next person
0: So make it harder for them to attack you and they're probably more of the next uh, lower exactly yep. but as an extension you know if- this whole idea of pushing it back to the adversary you know there are people who also advocate hackbacks and things like yeah. that so what's your view on that i mean it's obviously in a legal gray area but uh, apart from that is it really effective
1: i probably have to say no to be honest i think the challenge it's wrought with challenges purely for the fact that who are you actually going to attack and you know think about the way that a cyber adversary works they are going to be sitting in probably a different country they're going to be leveraging systems that are in other countries so at the end of the day who are you attacking the, the poor organization that has has been compromised, they're the ones who are going to be launching your powerful DDoS cannon to sort of shoot back and, and sort of knock them off the internet? Wrong approach. You know, look, I definitely think there's, you know, maybe from a government standpoint, kind of leave that to their side to do sort of the offensive piece. But I don't think we're in a world where, you know, the private sector should be thinking about hackbacks and offensive security as the means to to take control back, so to speak.
0: Sean, let me ask you, as a thought leader, you're an evangelist for Palo Alto, you talk to a lot of industry leaders across the region. So in the next 6 to 12 months, what is it uh, that's happening in the landscape that gives you the most concern?
1: Look, the most concern that I see is we're going to continue to keep on innovating faster than we've ever innovated in the past. It, take the, a great example of things like cloud and some of the other mega trends that are out there. Uh-huh. We're going to be doing a lot more. And if we don't think about security underpinning every single one of those initiatives that we do, all we're really going to be doing is exacerbating the problem that we've had for the past 25 years. So businesses should be thinking about any initiative that they do. Security has to be there. Someone needs to ask the question of, what's the risk to our business if that goes down? Or if we do that brand new service, what's the impact to it? Because I think cybersecurity or cyber risk, so to speak, should be part of everyone's enterprise risk management strategy. So, you know, I think we've got great times ahead, but let's ensure that we're thinking about that security part of our brain is always switched on. Because to do business in today's you know, day and age, anytime we are online, it's inevitable that you will always see an attack, someone knocking at the front door, phishing attacks in the like. So we just need to be thinking about this is a reality. And that's the, the point that we say, now's the time to take control back and do something different to what we've always done in the past.
0: Yeah. So don't treat it as an IT problem, but look at Absolutely. it as a business risk.
1: Business problem and, and start to move away from, as I said, that concept of buying yet another piece of technology that's the shiny new toy. You know, think about how does it integrate and work in your environment? you know work with technology that not only is just hey i integrate with everyone it's like how do they actually get leverage from each other it's a two-way street and if it's not a two-way then maybe you're buying the wrong piece of technology okay. you know, train your people and just raise the awareness keep on raising the bar and ultimately push it back
0: thank you sean for speaking with us all right thanks Aaron. so that was sean duker vice president and regional chief security officer in the apac region for palo alto networks for ISMG in asia this is varun haran thanks for listening